Welcome to Reframe and Reset Your Career, a podcast to help if you're looking for a job, feeling stuck in your career, or just trying to rediscover your why. I am your host, Harsha Boralesa, and this podcast came from my passion for neuroscience and psychology and their interaction with career and personal development. I will be interviewing recognized experts and successful professionals and asking them to share the insights and strategies that have helped their careers thrive. Implementing change is not easy and does take time, but I do hope that their stories will inspire you on your path to greater success and fulfillment in your career. Here are some highlights of today's episode. So we need to be strong within. We need to have that confidence that we can deal with whatever comes, but we don't have to do it alone. And that's the beauty of all of it. Looking at who you are, what you can bring, what is unique, and then understand what they need that you can actually fill the gap with. Sometimes the most straightforward options is not the best options because it just goes against our values. The more you learn, the more aware you get of what's still out there to learn. Welcome to episode 72 of the Reframe and Reset Your Career podcast. Our guest today is Sandy Sieber-Quayle. I wanted to thank everyone for their amazing support of the podcasts and YouTube channel. I also hope you've had a chance to check out my new website, harshaborolesa.com. Please note that in this episode, we may touch on mental health and wellness topics purely in general terms. If you have specific issues or concerns, please contact a suitable professional. Now back to the show. Sandy brings over two decades of leadership experience with a proven track record at Apple, Aegon, and CNP Santander Insurance. She excels in steering stakeholders, mentoring teams, and achieving company goals. She holds a degree in insurance, a diploma in organizational behavior from the Irish Management Institute, and certifications in train the trainer and executive coaching. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you very much. It's it's so nice to hear actually all those stuff read out to you in a way. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. Uh, thank you so much uh, for having me on the show, Harsha. Um, I'm very excited to be here. My, my complete pleasure. And just for our listeners, um, Sandy has had a quite an interesting trip back from Liverpool to Ireland, where she now lives, um, having to get up at four o'clock in the morning to catch the red eye. So thanks, Sandy, for doing this. Brilliant. Yeah, no, it was a bit of, uh, I think, uh, the storm Isha, as it's called in in Ireland. And so we had to stay over in Liverpool instead of coming home in the evening. But everything worked out well. And that comes always down to a good mindset, I think. Exactly. So, Sandy, I'm a big fan of the arts. Is there a performer, song, book or film which you'd like to share? I'm always going around with new stuff. Uh, last year, I was really into um, Claire Keegan's Too Late in the Day. And oh, this year, I discovered, I've been recommended, um, a guy called Jorge Luis Borges. Uh, he, he's actually been an Argentinian writer. And oh my goodness, the book that I'm just having in front of me is the Book of Send. And I love the poetry in there. It's just the Spanish and the uh, the English version. And I actually, I don't speak much Spanish, so I understand a little bit. But sometimes I just read the Spanish because it's so beautiful as well. So I'm totally hooked at the moment with uh, Mr. Borges. But yeah, in general, their literature is really where I'm going to dive in, in different types of genres and writers. Ooh, you're a avid writer and also a poet as well, Sandy. So you have many hidden talents. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> writing writing is something that uh, is pretty much nearly my life savior. So whenever things are 
not making much sense. So that's when I refer to what I write. And um, sometimes uh, fiction, sometimes poetry, and sometimes I just uh, journal in my journal and nobody will ever read it, but I at least get the emotions out. So writing is something really wonderful. I, I think that's it's interesting, this whole idea of just uh, getting into a practice, uh, being consistent, because I think one of the biggest um paths to success in life is just being consistent, uh, just doing a little bit every day. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean that we're all going to write best-selling novels or uh, Wall Street Journal bestsellers, but you're, you're always going to get better. Um, so if you're at work, you're doing a little bit um, more every day, you're expanding your comfort zone, you're trying to take on tasks which are slightly beyond you. But actually, if you do that and have that mindset, you're hopefully always going to get better. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, when I look now, I write since probably I'm 11 or so. So since I could write pretty much, I started writing poetry and stuff like this. And over the over the years, like reading and writing and always doing it, it actually gets there. It gets you there. It's the, the incremental steps really that yeah. that lead you to to. I don't want to say perfectionism, but it gets you to a place where you. We're actually getting better and better, and then you know the more the better you get, the more yeah. you actually figure out what you still need to learn. So it's very interesting, and the same applies obviously in jobs as well. The more you actually go and like learning in in a specific area in in your career, you you just continue, you top up, and then you're like, oh my goodness, I thought I knew that, I didn't know anything. So it's 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 really like the more you learn the more aware you get of uh, what's still out there to learn at the same subject, really. Yeah, but I, I like that mindset that you're talking about, I think. It's that whole idea of learning and that beginner's mindset and knowing that you don't know everything. It's quite dangerous if you think you know everything and then you don't take opinions or, or views from everybody else. Um, and I suppose we'll get onto this with leadership later on, that I think a good leader will take uh, different views from his team otherwise, or her team. Otherwise, what's the point? Absolutely. The more we know, we get to a point where we actually don't listen necessarily to yeah. to learn something new. So it's it's that moment where we actually need effective thinking habits, where we're going to say like, okay, so what else can I learn about this? And when you're going like this, and for me, it's ingrained in who, in who I am nowadays, but it is really important once once we get there, when we're like, oh, I know this. What is next? What 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 is next in learning in that area? And I can tell you, like I had in my career when I started off in my twenties, I was they say in, in Australia a fig gem. So I'm like the F word. I'm good. Just ask me, kind of person. <laughs> you know, I, I I always thought like I I just knew it all. Um, and and took me a while to get over this, actually. Back, back to the beginning. Um, you grew up in what was then East Germany, um, and clearly there was quite a lot of change, both in the country and your life at home. Um, and I think that uncertainty probably helped build resilience in you and the ability to take ownership and take control of things. Oh, absolutely. Uh, maybe for your listeners, um, when the wall, the, the Berlin Wall came down, I was uh, 11 years of age, so in 1989. Uh, and uh, in the same year, like loads of things changed. So my parents yeah. were divorced for about five years. But in that year, my mom decided to, to move in with her new partner. And 
so 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 pretty much in the summer we moved we moved to a new place so wow. i had to go start a new school and in autumn uh, the country that i was born was gone <laughs> so there were lots of changes yeah. really well it was still germany don't get me wrong yeah. but uh, it was Eastern Germany, so all the yes. products that we had in store, they were gone from one day to another at yeah. some point. And um, the security mm. that um, you have with a country that you know, it's nearly like the comfort zone. Of course, all yeah. of this was gone from one day yeah. to another. So my, my my mother got unemployed. That was something that we we wouldn't have known so much in yeah. Eastern Germany at the time. So that brought a lot of um, challenges along. But also for me, to going into a new school, everything is changing. Then the new school needed to change because now we were adopting a different education system. Yes. So there's lots of, of those changes. And what happened to me was that I tried to, to, to be in front of all those changes. So what I adopted uh, at first was trying to be in control. So before the system is going to to put me into a situation where I have to deal with a change that I didn't know before, yeah. I was going to just make sure that I change before something could happen. So this is not always good either because then I was pushing ahead a lot of times. So I had had to learn again to balance that out, you know, to, to, to also trust that I would be capable of dealing with that change. But what those changes uh, in my formative years, pretty much uh, with 11 going into a teenage girl was pretty much change had happened to me and I had to deal with it somehow and some way. And so had everybody else around us. So we, it was nearly like a development of, okay, nothing lasts forever. Everything is always changing. So you have to build that resilience within you, the strengths. Back then, we didn't know what resilience were, was. At least I didn't. But it's, it's kind of like you go in and you kind of look around. So what do I need to know? And you look for signs as well, uh, more than than probably because because you, you already had ex that experience. So there, there might be a change happening. So it's always kind of keeping the eyes open. But then at the same time, trying to relax into whatever happens, like the flight delay or the flight uh, cancellation last night. And just go with the flow and see what happens. Yeah, and no, I, I think that's interesting because you've obviously got you know changing country, then your adolescence, um, obviously changes at home. Gosh, I mean that is you know one of those is is a huge thing. But then everything put together, so that's a very admirable thing the way you managed to cope with it. But I also like the point you made about you're trying to pick up on signs and and see okay, is this um, incident is that going to lead to something else? And you almost try to predict the future, and that's quite a a scary way of living rather than just assuming that everything is going to be the same. Um, you can't. But I, but I suppose in a way that helps now because the world is so uncertain. I mean, we've just coming out of COVID. Um, who knows what's going to happen in five years time. And yeah, it's just this, this whole idea of having to um, become comfortable with discomfort and change. Um, I mean, Oh, absolutely. I, I I agree with this. I think uh, we are in a, in a time of our evolution, maybe if you want to say it like this, uh, where we have to find strengths within. So yeah. so we need to build up ourselves within. So we need to be, we, we need to know who we are, but we yeah. need to always also just allow other people to be who they are. So it's kind of nearly bringing a balance in, in approaching the world around us, but also approaching ourselves. So we need to be aware of who we are and we need to allow the others to be who they are as well and accept 
that not everybody is different and has different perspectives in life. So it's really important, especially going into the future with uh, now we are talking about AI. It's a really big topic. We don't know what's happening with this. So I don't know where we will be in just five years. So we need to be strong within. We need to have that confidence that we can deal with whatever comes, but we don't have to do it alone. And that's the beauty of all of it. Yeah, and hopefully we won't end up in the matrix. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, so going back to work, um, I I see you started off as an apprentice in the insurance industry, and you worked in that sort of same company for 11 years and became a sales manager with 40 agents. So what are the key lessons that helped you progress and helped you get to that level um, to, you know, in, t- in terms of developing your leadership skills and anything else that helped you to grow? Well, first of all, it's courage. Courage to, to, to see opportunities coming and just going for it. That's, that's going now in hindsight, right? But when I started, I was a very insecure young woman of 19 years of age mm-hmm. and I thought I figured out quickly what, what I needed to do, but I had a lot of challenges there. So the my uh, first manager, oh my goodness, uh, she didn't tell me when I did, did something wrong. Mm. And then I was sitting in front of our big boss and, and then I heard like, oh, two months ago, she did that wrong. And I'm like, what's happening? I don't even remember that I did that. You know, it, it was yeah. really, so That's all terrible. these things led me to a point where I was like, I would be different if I had to manage. So that's those those were one's leadership lessons, right? When somebody does a mistake, you have to kind of have a, a chat with that other person and say, "Look, um, I don't think so. That that is the correct way of doing it." Or maybe look at look at it again and make sure that you correct that and that you have some form of a contingency, maybe a control that it doesn't happen again. But if you don't know that you make an error, how can we ever learn and get better in in what we are? So that was one lesson. And um, this person was really challenging at the time, but uh, she was one of those uh, people who really pushed me into, you know, making it work because I wanted to give up at that point, maybe after seven months, like, I can't do this anymore. You know, I felt bullied and I felt all not respected and had the feeling that I, I just can't do it. And I have I have a very strong mother. My mother is, uh, she's my rock. Like she, like at the time, there were no, no places to go or to find work. So it was really hard to find uh, an apprenticeship in the first place. And she's like, stick with it, stick with it get your decree, and then you can do whatever you want. And I support you and I cheer you on. And that's what she did. And I ended up staying in the same place for 11 years, but because there were opportunities. And also I got a little bit comfortable in in knowing uh, the people around. So I I started building the internal network. So where I started working was in, in in a small branch and I stayed there for 11 years and there were only 10 people and uh, a network of 40 fully self-employed tight agents. Um, But what happened to me was like, I was trying to figure out how can I just make that work for me? So I had really good relationships with the 10 people in the, in, in the office. I had really good relationships with the tight agents. And I also made really good relationships with the, uh, relevant people in in the head office so 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 i started navigating that network and that is something that's really important so for for for, from a career point of view how to develop into leadership like network is really important and that's that's something that 
every everybody in the company uh, is is somebody who plays a very important role, even though we oftentimes don't see what this role could be because always think, well, I don't know what this person does. But the easiest way is actually just go and say like, hey, I haven't seen you here. Um, or I'm Sandy or I'm Harsha. Let's have a chat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's have a chat. And so what's your role? And uh, where are you? What's... And sometimes you, you get to know a lot of interesting facts and, and learn a lot. And that was something I, I had loads of those conversations with people that weren't relevant for um, for our uh, branch that I worked in. But I just happened to meet them and have a chat. And then they invited me. They told me something else. And I could all incorporate that then into my work. Yeah, so so these 11 years were great. But I after, after, after two years, I got always like a little bit of a, an itchy feed. And I was like, I need to do something different. You know, I just needed to change. I needed to learn something new. And I did quite a, a number of different roles. So I went into the field selling insurances. I, uh, for for half a year, got invited. Got invited by the headquarters to, to to support a complete different area. So I went for six months. I went uh, away to work, nearly like self-employed, but I wasn't. Uh, and 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 we were managing a whole customer base. Afterwards, I went into being the uh, the right hand of the branch director and it was a completely different experience so now i had to deal with commission payments and and then budget planning and you, you you know about auditing so there was all of this as well so i yeah. learned very early on what auditing is and why it is important you know a lot of people are back and oh my goodness the audits are coming and we need to just be very careful we need to have every in order and i'm like Yes, that's that's important. But on the other side, that gives us a feedback loop as well. Are we doing the right thing? And if we are not doing the right thing, what need, do we need to change? It's not something to be feared. Yeah, exactly. something to yeah. Em- to be embraced. Embrace. Yeah, yeah. Because what I did with the audits, I learned a lot about uh, like about the processes. Yeah. And where to find answers if I don't know. So there were lots of little things, right? So no, I'm in in general. I learned a lot, and I had in my life very supportive managers. Yeah, love that. So obviously, the eleven years went very well, Sandy, at work. But then you decided to travel, and I'm amazed that you travelled for over two years. So what inspired you to do this? Even though my career was going really well and I had a lot of autonomy and everything that everybody needed, right? I was super frustrated. I felt like I I reached kind of like a ceiling and the company I was working for, it was all very limited. It was a very, it was a lovely uh, insurance company, but it was also a national insurance company. So there wasn't really going anywhere outside of even Germany. And so I wanted to do something different, but I had no idea what that would be. And then I went on a on a trip to the States, to the US, so uh, which was a hiking tour. And there I just fell in love with the tour guide. <laughs> I know it's cliche, maybe, but for me it wasn't, right? It was beautiful. The tour guide is from Switzerland and he was traveling for a long while. And we had like a few uh, flirting moments and then... Um, I, I think we were at the sunset in the Grand Canyon, just the two of us, you know, looking. Anyway, and then he says, like, yeah, you know, to make sure that it works for the two of us, we really need to travel for at least three months. And I'm like, 
no, I can't do this. I have an apartment and a car and my family and my job and my and my and my. And and he said, so what? And I had no answer to it. To the, so, so my excuses were all kind of like so flawed that I had enough. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And I made sure that I planned that correctly, yeah. that I make... That I had Save enough money, money yeah. so I took give give myself ten months to about ten months to 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 get organized, and then I just did everything. So I I'm from Germany, so I didn't buy the apartment, but I said to the landlord, "So I'm leaving." I just sold my car, I signed for my job. I just sold everything that I owned, some of very little things I put in the basement of my mother's house, but really what happened was I. I just completely signed out of Germany. I just went to the citizen office office and said like, okay, so my new address is somewhere in India. And yeah, but where in India? So I don't know yet. Uh, my flight is going going to Delhi and that's all what I know at the time. So we went traveling then and um, we are still very good friends, but the love relationship didn't work out. Uh, but I kept I kept pretty much traveling and uh, got some more work experience then in, uh, in Australia as well. And I um, started writing uh, on my first novel. So it was wonderful. Was wonderful. It was a it was a good time. Um, two years, like uh, I was just turning, yeah, going thirty. So, and then I was, you know, it's 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 a time where you really need to where where I think a lot of people get to a point where it's like, okay, so what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. Because you are not just a young adult anymore. Now, now you figure out this is my life. So now I have to do something. So no, I, I just love that story. And and I think this episode is coming out around Valentine's Day. So oh, it's, a great, it. it's a great story. You know, obviously it, it would have been better if you had married the guy. But <laughs> Look, the story with my uh, this, yeah, husband this, yeah, exactly. is, is much better. <laughs> exactly. Let's not spoil that. We'll save that. No. <laughs> but, 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 but clearly I think, you know, um, making these big changes, it's not a, a straightforward thing to do but i i do think it shows that making these big changes isn't as traumatic or as difficult as you think but you have to plan um and clearly you you have to think about why you're doing it um and 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 also be willing to have uncertainty um and things may not go as planned so yeah no i, I just love that so af after the traveling you moved to ireland and maybe you can tell us how you ended up in ireland so it was 2009 when i came back from tra traveling in december and you remember maybe that it was the big financial crisis um and i had met my my husband uh, in Bolivia earlier uh, during the travels, and he he kept saying like, "Oh yeah, why would you, why would you go back now where there's no jobs and nothing?" That's the story that I was saying before about my husband. So we we met actually in a silver mine, and and it was really interesting that uh, sometimes you know I like if you want to believe in the universe uh, or in God. Uh, giving you signs but he really popped uh, uh, into me a couple of times and then uh, we, we we started actually meeting up and and traveling together and then we fell for each other course, but yeah. while I, while I was traveling especially then with him I had lots of signs pointing to Ireland like um my husband is uh, has been living in Ireland before. Um, he he loves fishing, so he's always been in Ireland for for, for fishing, and 
so I wanted to show my mom what type of computer I wanted to to buy and I show her on 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 the Apple uh, website, the Mac, and then I said, oh, they are on Cork, they are on Ireland, so I'm going to apply. So I applied for a customer service position because I was two years traveling, so I didn't really know what I want to do. And then I got um, uh, actually a rejection. I thought like, okay, they obviously don't want me. But at the same time, I got uh, from from Cork and an invitation for an assessment from an, um, I think there was a recruitment company. They were looking for someone in an insurance company. So I went for, uh, like I planned that trip to Cork. And then on, I think it was on the 28th of December, I got a call. Oh, do here's um, so-and-so from, from Apple. And uh, do you have time for an interview now? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so I so we ended up talking about 40 minutes, and um, he was from uh, in, from the sales department, from the inside sales department for for the German speaking countries like uh, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. And I said, hey, look, I will be in Cork uh, in in early in January, and if you want, I can come in for for a personal interview. And yeah, okay, I will check that out. And if so, we will confirm. And they did. And on the 7th of January, I went into the interview and they hired me on the spot. So I got into Apple. But I love that that point you make, Sandy, about you just, you know, obviously this opportunity came up and then you just went for it. But I think it also does show, um, say, to our listeners that, we always have things which make us unique. I mean, clearly uh, you're going to Ireland, but you're German speaking. Therefore you can deal with Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. And I think it's always about trying to think, how can you stand out from the competition? How are you slightly different? Um, and, and it's really thinking about your backstory, thinking about what makes you unique. And sometimes they're things we just take for granted but we don't say anything. So when, when I was young, I used to play a lot of sport. Now you're thinking sport, what does that have to do with work? But actually it teaches you self-discipline, teamwork, you know, getting on with people because, you know, you don't like, just like in any team, you don't get on with everybody. There's some people you like, there's some people who, who don't like you. There's some people who don't really know that well. Um, but you've, the team has got to progress and move and go in a, a common uh, direction. So I think it's always about thinking, okay, uh, look at my uh, story, look at my backstory. What is it that makes me unique? What is it that makes me different from other people? And I'm not saying every day you should be shouting it out from the uh, the rooftops, but it is, it is, I think, very important to be aware of these things that make you um, different, have these stories prepared. I mean, what, what do you think, Sandy? Oh, absolutely, uh, Hasha. And I'm I think it's a very important point that you are making here. I think, like, back... 10, 15 years, probably more 15 years when I started traveling, I got a lot of backlash from my friends and colleagues and saying, what are you doing? Like you're 29, you're a woman, you're going to travel, you will never get a job. Then you are in the, the age where you get children. Yeah, and, 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 you know, and how do you explain that break in your career? And I can, without any doubt, say that this traveling has made me the person that I am today. It has brought me opportunities that I would have never have had if I hadn't gone. So 
So we have to be proud of the the breaks we are deciding to take yep. because it gives us the space to 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 maybe pivot in a different way and 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 go go into the areas that we are more interested in than we maybe have been in the past. So it's really important and and to own that as well. And that's that's the reason why I put it on the on the LinkedIn profile or on my CV as well. I think it's really important. And the other thing is as well, when you're traveling or when you're when you're visiting, even if it's just one or two countries um that you're visiting in the summer, it's it's you kind of diving in a different culture. Yeah. It's up to you how much you how how deep you go in. But if you have been in different countries, you understand that people are different. And once you understand that, you're seeing people also from from a different point of view. When we make sure that we see that person who is in front of us, despite anything that they do that we don't like them doing, everybody is a person. And and if we if we allow ourselves to see that, we are creating that connection. Right. And that's that's important. And I think when you go going traveling and you see something else, my, like the first part of my life until 29 was quite, quite confined in yeah. where I'm from. Right. And there I am out in the world. So I learned uh, definitely uh, to 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 change uh, the horizon that I was operating from. There's so many interesting points there because, you know, sometimes we have preconceptions about people, but actually people are people. And, you know, you've got to forget about your past history or um, things, your your perspectives and just try and treat them as you're meeting somebody for the first time and, yeah, trying to get to know them. Um, and, you know, it could be that um, they're introverts so they're quiet or it could be that they're extrovert and they're very loud. But it's it's just trying to figure out what their personality is. And I think it also at work, you're dealing with different people the whole time. So it's a good lesson in how to try to get on with people. Look, you're not going to get on with everybody, but you have to do it to a certain level in order to be able to function in a team and an organization. So yeah, and I just love that point. And and also I think if you hadn't traveled, then we probably wouldn't, you know, it sort of led you to you know, Dory Clark eventually in her community. And that's how we met. And if you hadn't done that, then we wouldn't have met you on this podcast. So it's funny how all these like small steps lead you to somewhere, somewhere. Hopefully this is a, a small step in a bigger step somewhere else. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> it always is. It exactly, always. exactly. But actually, that, turning to uh, Dory, um, obviously we both love her work and we were very lucky to firstly meet each other in person for the first time uh, last November at Thinkers 50, which was such a fun event. But we um, had the pleasure of um, seeing her um, talk on networking and building relationships. And I loved all the points that she was making in there. Um, what are the things uh, from her talk, Sandy, which sort of resonated with you? Well, there are so many, like everything that she's saying, I was sitting there and saying, yes, 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 yes. The one thing that really kept in my mind was when uh, she t- told us about how to be uh a host in a networking event so how how each of us can be a host how we can pre- bring people in and uh, she she referred to uh, the bagels and the croissants from um, I think that's Robbie, Robbie Samuels, uh, Samuel, yeah. Samuels uh, I think even a book isn't it it's uh, yes, it's it's, yeah. it's his book it's from his book 
And that is such an easy way to remember whenever you go to a networking event or even like in a company, you go into a meeting and you haven't met the people. It's kind of always try to be the host. Don't wait for anybody else to just do the facilitation of hosting. Be proactive. But what what, uh, Dory Clark was uh, talking about with the bagels, and the croissant, don't be a bagel. So if you're standing around in a circle, yeah. a circle is closed. Like a bagel is closed, it's like a, a continuous circle. Yeah. So which means nobody can enter. Yeah. So it's quite exclusive. Yeah. But if you are a croissant, which is only a half moon, yeah. uh, you can actually, uh, it, you always see when somebody comes. And if people are on their own, it's easy enough to invite them in and say, oh, come, you're, you're on your own, you're joining us. And then the second thing, once you are in there, that's the way you're introducing uh, your your colleagues, and it's always easier to introduce somebody um, that uh, even if you have just met, but somebody uh, then then going and saying, "Oh, I'm this and this and this." So I I, I personally suffer with uh, uh, being too. Uh, um, how do you even say that? So I don't really like to talk about myself. Yeah, so I'm not a, a very big uh, self promotional person, yeah. but. It's so much nicer if somebody else introduces you to, to to the rest of the world, like you did at the beginning of the podcast, so wonderfully. So, and once you do that, uh, the other person has already a picture. Okay, that's a person. Okay, so now, and that's the second thing that uh, Dory Clark was saying, or the third thing, is now the other person has already an idea. Okay. Uh, Harsha is a podcast host. So now I can actually talk about this. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, so what podcasts are you doing? What is your topic? So it's much easier now to 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 build a commonality, some some topic that both people are interested and in, to connect with the other person. And that's that's I think it's a very important bit because to connect with other people, uh, the best way is to find something that you both are interested in. No, I, I love those points you're talking about, Sandy. And, and the com- commonality point comes from uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini, uh, the author of Influence. So obviously, shout out to uh, Dr. Cialdini. He, he's one of the um, the people I reference most often on this podcast. And I just love that whole idea of just figuring out what we have in common. Because if you can have these small things, you know, do you live in the same city? Do you like a particular food? Uh, is there a book you like? So you have these small connections on a relatively trivial level, but then that helps you to start building it up to um, something more interesting. So yeah, I love that point. And and also I think on the wingman point, a shout out to Amy Barnard-Barn, who helped both of us meet um, Tasha Urich, who I think you are a big admirer of um, her work. So that was great. And I think there's that whole idea of if you can um, find, you know, whether it's a friend or a colleague and you know, try and promote them, uh, and and hopefully they can promote you as well. And it should be sort of a one-for-one, a transactional thing. But actually, if you like the people, then it comes across very naturally because I was quite happy to introduce you to people as well and, and vice versa. And it came quite organically. And actually, I mentioned this on a podcast with Tony Martinetti, who we also met. So I think it's just much easier and much more authentic doing it for somebody else 
rather than just saying how wonderful I am and all the things that I do, but just focus on somebody else. Um, what, what do you think, Sandy? Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, it's it's wonderful if you if you have somebody you can call your wingman or wing woman. <laughs> It's 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 absolutely fantastic if you have a few people when you go to an event and uh, and you don't you already can have a connection with some people because that makes it such a more enjoyable experience and knowing um, the community like a community we're a good community there in the T50 I thought it was absolutely fantastic and the people that I that I met by such introductions of being men in and wing women um, was pretty much uh, so interesting. I wouldn't have probably never oh, like I wouldn't have talked to any of them. And it's 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 a difference when you when you meet and you just introduce each other, um, saying, "Oh yeah, hi, how are you? Uh, what brings you here?" When when somebody introduces you, there's there's already a different level of interest there. So it's not it's it it's I don't know if it's a human thing but that we always like if somebody prags about themselves too much that we're kind of like oh wow and we just nearly take a step back. Well, I do a lot of times. While when somebody introduces us, it's 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 such different story altogether. Um, there's there's more appreciation about it. Wow, uh, this person knows this person and is actually really uh, t- talking about what they can do or what they are all about, and that brings brings just a connection and to to meet again or have a virtual coffee and 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 over time, you know, it becomes nearly a friendship. It becomes a colleague. It's not uh, like it's becoming a trusting, a trusting relationship, and that's really important when, especially when we are networking. It's not about just, uh, well, uh, who can I leave my business card with, and hopefully they can help me. Yeah, I just love that, Sandy. And I think the, the, if you get somebody else to do the introduction, then it's a third party. And I think that that also helps sort of give, give credibility to whatever's being said. And I think sort of in terms of, say, with building your brand um, or trying to develop your brand, say, on LinkedIn, if you can get other people to you know, give you a recommendation or other people to say nice things about you, um, then that also really helps because it's not you saying how wonderful you are. It's that third person who doesn't have any skin in the game. And and I think also when, uh, say, your boss is looking at your um, activity on LinkedIn, if you've got other people who are saying, oh, Sandy, oh, she's amazing, that does help to um, give credibility and um, more authenticity and more weight behind the praise. So, yeah, no, I, lo- I love all those points that you're making. Now, turning to the work that you're doing at the moment, now you're sort of, you know, uh, working on these various other projects. And one thing I'm uh, interested in is uh, this whole Cuba pilot thing. Can you maybe tell us a little about what it is? And also, why, why did you focus on middle managers, Sandy? So the Cuba pilot strategy um, is pretty much an effective thinking strategy. So in Cuba stands for know yourself, understand others, build connections and aligned decisions, which really goes back to what we have talked about yeah. it, all, all the sessions. So it's about knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, knowing who you are and what you can and what you can't do, right? Uh, understanding others is, is about bu- building that 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 moment where you're actually really listening to someone, really trying to figure out how who they are, building that connections, um, not only with the other person, but also when 
with with all the information you are collecting. So how do you actually bring that together? Steve Jobs once told, uh, talked about connecting the dots. Yeah. And this is really how, what building connections is about. It's bringing everything together and and identifying the options, collaborate, identify the option, brainstorm, and then look at, okay, from where do I go from here? And then going into uh, aligned decisions, which pretty much brings us around the circle again, where we're saying, okay, so now we have a number of options. Sometimes the most straightforward options is not the best options yeah. because it just goes against our values yeah. or it, it takes us away from what we really want to achieve yeah. in life. If I want to become a CEO, for example, at some point in, in my life and I have an option to become a pet sitter, uh, for example, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just I just yeah. pick something, yeah. then it's... it's Yes, that's something that interests you, but what is actually, the, and that is an option, yeah. but is is that helping you to become an CEO? And I'm not answering this for for anybody right now. It's 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 about what is the consequences of becoming a pet sitter and how is it helping me? So this is what I need to do, what I'm yeah. saying about aligning decisions. I might be well on the way because you want to actually be a CEO of a, um, an animal-related company. Okay. So you you get some information. Course, yeah. But if you are in finance and you want to become a, a CEO of a consultancy firm, maybe pet sitting isn't the right thing yeah. on your way to this career. But for everything is a place and diverting and coming back to things is also not a problem. But I think it's really important to align um, your your decisions with the strategy that you are working on. And uh, that brings me then also into the um, middle management um, area. So looking for my management experience, I was pretty much always in the middle. I considered um, going higher up, but I wasn't really interested. I actually like the middle because in the middle you have exactly what you have. You are in the balance. You are just on the beam in between. So you you get still all the zest what's going on on the ground. You yeah. you know what's really happening. You understand it because the people are talking and you're hearing it. If you are up in the CEO, you might not. So but it but but you already get the strategy. So you yeah. are involved, maybe not fully involved but you you have this bit more information what's going up on uh, up there and the other thing that and that that really made me look at middle managers is like there's a lot of backlash on middle managers it's like oh but they are back bo bad bosses and they have to do this and they have to do this and they should do this and they should do this and i'm sitting there i'm like right what else should they do exactly Right? They As have a, mini, a lot to do. They have a lot to do. Feel they are already, <laughs> exactly. They're already really squeezed. Things change. We have we are living in a in a hybrid world when it comes to work. We are having many different generations in a workplace and we have a lot of digitalization, AI, cybersecurity, and obviously our um, our shareholders, they want us to do a really good job yeah. and fast. And what do you mean uh, that process change or that new product launch will take three months? You have all the tools. You can do it in two or maybe in a month. And you're like, no, you can't. But but there is a lot of pressure, of and course, the pressure yeah. comes from the top yeah. and from the, from the bottom. And instead of actually just uh, trying to do more, 
what middle managers need to learn in a way is like how to do less, less yeah, yeah. and achieve more with it. So, and this is um, what my focus area is from. So the Cooper pilot uh, method is really coming from managing effectively. And the, the way to manage effectively is, is, is by stepping out of the busyness, of the urgencies, of the firefighting and take, take a moment and think, okay, what do I know right now? How, how are others thinking about this? Understand others. What's in it for them? Why are they have acting? Why does, does my boss push me so much to really understand? And what is the motivation of my team? What can they bring that I haven't really listened to yet? And how can I empower them? And then take all of this, bring it together, sit together with the team and collaborate. So how can we make that work? Because we have to, because that is what the consequence is if we don't. And then take those those options that we have uh, together arrived at and look, what is the best way forward? That's not only serving us, but also the greater good of the company and the strategy. So it's, yeah, it's no, I, I just love what you're saying, Sandy. And I think, yeah, it's, it, you know, I mean, there's so many sort of good points, but I think, you know, firstly, having sympathy for the middle managers because they're getting uh, pressure from above um, because, you know, clearly it's the guys, the guys, the, the women at the top who are setting the agenda, uh, especially on the numbers that, that has to feed down to the middle managers because they're the people who have to execute. Um, so they're getting pressure from above. They're getting pressure from their employees. You know, maybe they're not getting pay rises. Um, you know, the, the working conditions aren't good, you know, whatever it is, but also people like to moan. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that they're not valid sometimes, but you have to sometimes have a bit of sympathy, put things into perspective. And just imagine if you were in that job, uh, it's not easy because if you're, if you're trying to um, say do uh, pay reviews, you can't give everybody a, a big bonus and a big pay rise. It's just not possible. So there's only a certain amount of money, but you can't tell people that you just have to keep it to yourself. So yeah, no, I love that. But, but also I think the, this idea of strategy, I think what you're saying really aligns with the podcast in the, in the sense that think about your strategy, think about what, where you're trying to get to align your decisions with that. Say if you want to get into a leadership position, and you're not a, you haven't got leadership roles maybe you need to try and do some volunteering within the company and sign up for a, a a position which will help you to become a leader maybe it's not directly related to your job but at least then if you can demonstrate i've done that leadership type role or whatever it is you want to do really think okay are these um, steps I'm taking aligned with the bigger overall strategy? Um, and then hopefully uh, you can demonstrate to people that um, I have done these things which are required for this next step uh, above. So, yeah, and I love all the points that you're making. Sandy, look, I know that we're running towards the end of our time. But, but one thing um, I wanted to mention is, you know, at the moment, you know, there are a lot of people who are looking uh, for new opportunities, looking for new roles. What are your sort of top strategies if somebody is looking uh, to uh, find a new job? Yeah, have a go on what is it that you want to do. Don't just go, oh, I need a job and apply for everything that you want. Chances are that you waste a lot of energy and resources and at the end you are disappointed because it's not going anywhere. So so knowing like the jobs that I have applied and then gotten, there are usually jobs I've seen, I wanted, 
I really wanted to go for it and I went for it and I just took the necessary strategic thinking into it. So pretty much if you want to use the Kuba Pilot strategy in that sense, that works absolutely fine. It's really, as you said before, Hasha, and it was a really important point, looking at who you are, what you can bring, what is unique, and then understand what they need that you can actually fill the gap with. And then you just bring it together, and then it's 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 nearly like it's how you it works by itself. And don't be afraid, even like when you when you come to the interview, don't be afraid to challenge. If there is a question, it's like I don't really understand how this is going to work because from my that's my perspective. It's it's about really open, being open, open. But the other thing that's really important is. I came back from traveling into a pretty much financial crisis. <laughs> Everybody was saying there are no jobs. Well, especially in Ireland, they, they, a lot especially of people Especially in Ireland, yeah, exactly. Leaving. Yeah, and 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 it was true. Like it, it's not it's it, it's not <laughs> it's not a myth. However, if you believe that there are no jobs, then it's really hard for you to find yeah. it. If you believe the job that would make you happy that's what you're looking for doesn't exist you won't find it so it's about your thinking it's about again i go into thinking happens a lot it's about the mindset and how you're actually just going about it so if you want a job that has it all that has the good salary that has the fun that goes with your strengths gives you autonomy helps you develop your leadership skills and has a lot of flexibility just write that down what's important to you and then kind of trust that the right thing will show up for you and obviously then there's the other thing you have to put the networking into place and tell people that you're actually looking for a job and most likely people are super helpful when you know how they can help you they will but if if they don't know that you need help and finding a job and finding work it's really hard to get there yeah. And, and I think the, the interesting thing that comes out of that is also look at your um, slightly distant connections, because it could be that your first order connections, they know about the same opportunities and the same jobs that you do, but actually it could be the second or third level who have information. And sometimes it's those people who come up with the jobs for you. Um, I don't know if that's because they're slightly in a different circle or maybe they feel that they can't not return your calls when you're asking for help. But it does seem, as my experience, is those second and third order connections who sometimes come up with the good ideas or the good connections, which you may not know about. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I like if somebody says, "Oh, uh, would you be interested to talk about an opportunity there?" I'm always saying yes. Because I don't know what really is the opportunity. But my husband, for example, he's an engineer, right? So if he's coming and saying like, oh, yeah, here, you know, there is something about, uh, you know, training, coaching stuff. Are you interested in in, in hearing more about this opportunity? I say yes, because I don't know what it is. So I allow myself sometimes to go down the route and see what, what happens. And out of those moments where you're saying, okay, let's see where this leads me to there might might come something out of it that we didn't expect. And I had loads of those, uh, as Christian Bush, uh, one of your guests, yeah, exactly, uh, said, yeah. you know, serendipitous moments and smart luck by just allowing an opportunity to show up for me. And if you trust 
then this this is happening. Uh, it is happening. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no, complete. No, I, I completely agree with that. So, Sunny, um, how can people get in touch with you? I know you're on LinkedIn. Uh, you've got your website. Um, do you want to just share that to our listeners? Absolutely. So if you want to check out more about the Cuba Pilot method, just go on cubapilot.com. That's K-U-B-A and then pilot like the pilot in the plane.com. And uh, you find me on LinkedIn um, under my name. I'm happy to connect. I'm always interested in, in getting to know people. So reach out. I have a Calendly link uh, on my LinkedIn as well. So you can book a half an hour chat and we have a virtual coffee and um, see what else uh, is going on. As, as I said, I'm I'm open to, to, to connect and have uh, chats there. Uh, I also have a Substack. Um, yes, so I write yeah, in yeah, a write yeah, a newsletter on uh, topics related to the Cuba Pilot method and anything related actually to social science, neuroscience, and uh, effective thinking or management thinking. Um, yeah, just 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 look me up, and and you definitely will find me there. Fantastic, um, Susanne. It has been uh, so much fun um, to chat with you. Uh, it's been great uh, connecting with you and finally meeting you at uh, Thinkers Fifty, which is so much fun. Uh, and enjoyed being your wingman. And thank you for being my wingwoman at T Fifty. It was uh, great, great fun. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and thank you so much. Uh, I know our journey uh, started some, some a little bit uh, more than three years ago. Yeah. Years yeah, ago. yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm, it's amazing uh, how how those relationships, bit by bit, actually coming together. Here we are, three years later. Uh, I'm a guest on your very successful podcast that I love, <laughs> that I really love and share. And I can't wait sometimes to think, oh, yeah, I have to listen to this. And uh, so I'm so happy to be here. And also, uh, thank you so much for being my wingman uh, at T50s. Uh, was was absolutely amazing to meet you in person uh, for the first time. And it won't be the last time. So yeah, I'm already course. planning my next trip to uh, to London sometime in early March. So I will be oh, in touch. Oh, fantastic. No, that's great. And and, and it actually just shows that um, you, you never know where people will end up. Because, I mean, we met on a call three years ago. Um, and there were a lot of peop- other people on the call. Where I think some people miss out is that they almost try to project, okay, that's per- that person is going to be successful. That person isn't. Just be nice to everybody. And you, ne- yeah. you never know where things are, are going to end up. Uh, because if you can um, connect with somebody early on, then it's much more powerful. Because at the beginning of a journey where nobody knows you, nobody's willing to share your you know, podcast or give you a shout out. That's when you need the help. So I think that's another lesson which has just come to me. Just try and be nice to everybody, um, at no matter at what stage of their career, because you just never know where things will end up. Hmm. Well, I, I I need to tell you this, and I think it's really important for the listener as well. My mother said to me, like when, like from a very, like I was a really small child, and she's always saying, like you need to be careful you never know when you, in what circumstances you meet a person again in your life yeah. it might be some someone that is really annoying right now to you <laughs> and you are challenging is probably the better way yeah. and and you you have no idea in what capacity and what situation you you meet them again a mom mom said it might be your manager at some point or your boss at some point. So, so you never know how 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 this goes. And uh, I have a lot of experience and a lot of um, 
even practical examples of this. I'm not going into it now, but it's really important. And that, that goes back to what you just said with uh, just be nice. And you don't need to love anybody. You don't need to you don't need to marry anybody, <laughs> everybody, right? But, yeah, yeah. But, but it goes a long way to just be respectful yeah. and uh, be objective. Look at the facts, look at the topics you're talking uh, with each other and just leave it as this. And uh, whatever comes out of it, comes out of it, you know, but um, yeah, should be nice to each other. Absolutely. Fantastic. And, and one final thing, Sandy, is there anybody you'd like to give a shout out to who's helped you in your life or your career? I mean, clearly your mum, uh, for one, we will include her and obviously your, your lovely husband, Gary, as well. Um, he finally got you after all the traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Anybody I, else? I, I was thinking about this. Like I have a, a long, long list of people and I I would be very afraid to forget somebody because I have so many people uh, that have been super, super helpful. Mm. Like I'm thinking of my first boss, uh, Gerald Neubauer, who helped me um, develop in the person uh, like into a leadership position back then. Um, it's definitely um, my my uh, manager in my previous company, uh, Mark Pruse, who was uh, absolutely fantastic. He trusted my abilities. Uh, so we had a really good relationship. Again, these are just two people, yeah, course, and yeah. there is so I like there is so many people I could just I probably won't 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 finish uh, in yeah, another exactly. hour. But I uh, I was thinking about like doing even just the social media and saying like <laughs> uh, put like a shout out to all the people that helped you along the way. Yeah. And I think it's very important to take note of this. And thank you for that question because it's really important to to really look in who's actually helping us on our journey. And most sometimes it's the people that you don't expect really to be the helpful while in the middle of it because they are the ones that challenge you the most and they are pushing you like to grow above yourself above those things that you feel otherwise a bit anxious but thank you so much no no uh, thank you no no thank you sandy and um have a good rest of the day take care yes you too thank you very much bye-bye bye-bye Thank you so much for listening and staying to the end. That was such a fun interview. If you'd like to listen to more episodes, please subscribe to the podcast, which is available on your favorite providers. And subscription is free. If you wish to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode, please take a look at the show notes, which are available online. Thanks once again for listening. Wishing you success with your career. I hope you will join me again in the future.